Hello, welcome back to the Down to the Wire podcast. Uh, we are back again. Uh, today, uh, or in this episode, we're going to be uh, doing a review of the uh, Monaco Grand Prix and kind of looking forward, uh, forward to um, Baku, um, as it is indeed race week. Um, Jack, how are you doing? I'm um, good. Not To be honest, the sport's dialing down. The, the football's finished. Um... My prediction of Chelsea way back in what, January to win it was correct. <laughs> so uh, clearly, uh, I, I know my thing or two. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Um, but yeah. I am looking forward to this this weekend. I, I'll be honest, I like Baku as a circuit, I do. So yeah, I am looking forward to this. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it's worth saying as well. Um, if you, you know, you may be a regular listener to this podcast, maybe not. But, you know, if you're here for the first time, you're interested in football, we are going to be talking about uh, the Euros in the coming weeks. That is true. Um, I'm right in saying that, Jack, that aren't I? True. Next week is a Euro um, podcast. And we're, pro- we're probably going to do a couple in relation to the Euros. What what format did you suggest again? Uh, we're going to do uh, a pre-tournament uh, conversation. And we're going to have one after the group stage, one before the final, possibly even one before yeah. the semi-finals. But we'll see how we go with that. Yeah, yeah, see how we go on. So, you know, there's going to be stuff... Uh, you know, there's going to be stuff popping up. Obviously, we've got the Formula One to uh, carry on with as well, and the uh, Lions Rugby. We might do an episode or two on that um, because this is the hub of all sports mm. on this channel. I mean, let's get the Olympics in as well. You know, there's so much going oh, on. Really? Yeah, I know nothing about this. Neither do I, and that's the beautiful thing about it. <laughs> it's an amateur sport. That's what the that's what it is. It's amateurs. Ooh. No, it's amateurs competing. You can't have professionals. Yeah. That's the truth. Well, you've just offended no, it, the whole athletic. No, no, it, it, that's a, it's a uh, genuine thing. You can't, That's why you no, don't get Anthony Joshua's call, and all them in there. You don't call them amateurs. <laughs> I, I, I think amateur is only a sort of a slur for sporting athletes because of FIFA, where you play on amateur mode, uh, which is easy. <laughs> but in actuality, amateurs are still incredibly at the top of their fields. So they're just non-professionals. See the difference, but. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, we digress. Anyway, we 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 shall crack on with uh, this podcast. Talk about Monaco, um, right? So yeah, we had the Monaco Grand Prix. It was not this weekend just gone. It was the weekend before now, wasn't it? Um, we didn't do a Formula One one last week. Why was that? What did we do last week? Uh, did we do anything it last was, week? I can't there's remember. There's barely anything to talk about after Spain. It was not the most entertaining That's race. True. And, we did also have uh, the football, a lot of the football bonanza to go on. So. Oh yes, that's true. That's that is true. such as life. Um, Picking and choosing. That is true. Um, yeah, so Monaco Grand Prix. I mean, just straight off the bat, fairly. Um, let me think of a kind word for this. Uninteresting. Yeah, I, I think. I don't <laughs> think anybody going into that race thought we're going to see loads of overtakes. It was sort of predestined that we were going to have well, yeah, as in, quite it, yeah. a dull race. I mean, I guess, I think the thing is, because we didn't have Monaco last season, um, I mean, perhaps I'm speaking for myself and myself alone, but like I was quite excited for Monaco because, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's one of the, the um, uh, no, I can't think of the word now, it's like one of the staple uh, Formula One circuits, really, mm-hmm. it's always been there kind of thing. Um, but yeah, even by Monaco standards, it was um, uneventful. I and um, I think especially when you've seen some of the races we've had so far this year, we've had some. Yeah, I mean, 
by and large, if you were to take a full body of work from previous seasons, you go, some of the races we've had so far could be the cherry-picked good ones from a different season. We've had really good yeah, races true. so far. So to sort yeah, of... Yeah, we've had three or four. Yeah, after, after such interesting ties, particularly at the front of the field, to have this one now where, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but Mercedes were a non-factor in the race. And yeah. Red Bull, as much as um, science kept it respectable, I think it was less than 10 seconds, uh, the win. But uh, by yeah, and large, it was a Red Bull win, and it? there was no doubt that it was going to be... I mean, it, maybe there would have been yeah. doubt had Leclerc not had an incident, but we can probably go on to that later on in terms of uh, who was lucky and who was unlucky. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, um, let's just kind of dive into it in a bit more detail then. So I guess, um, you know, like, as you said... Um, Leclerc didn't start because of some issues, which we'll I think we'll talk about later. But you know, Verstappen won, mm-hmm. um, fairly comfortable, really. Is in it? it was one of those ones where you were looking at it and going, well, unless he makes a mistake or his tires drop off like a cliff, um, it was looking fairly comprehensive, fairly early on, wasn't it? Isn't it? it was um, at no point was Verstappen really under pressure, I don't think, from what I can remember. No, he, he, he did well um, off the start. He quickly boxed off Bottas, who started third. Um, yeah. Just, you know, sort of, pretty much cut him up. <laughs> just went, yeah, you're not you're not getting anything. You're not getting an ounce of that first turn. Um, so he just got yeah. ahead of him, knew that Sainz wasn't going to be able to overtake him um, because he just hasn't got the car for it. And yeah. from there on out, I mean, yeah such as Monaco, you knew there wasn't going to be very many overtakes, unless something particularly ha- yeah. bad happened in the pits. It, it did look like if you were at the front, you were the winner. Yeah, definitely. But, um, but he does deserve it, nevertheless. You know what I mean? He, oh, yeah, absolutely. He looked good throughout the weekend. Um, classically, Red Bull have been uh, a team which has done well at Monaco. It's something to do with the car. Um, I, I think this year, more than any other, has exemplified that the power unit is a non-factor for Monaco because Ferrari, I'm not saying they've got the worst power unit, but I think one of the big differentiators between Ferrari and then Mercedes, Red Bull, McLaren was the fact that they haven't got as good an engine as them. Uh, But you Mm. saw... Ferrari were Ferrari were, were the best team this weekend, in my opinion. <clears throat> they were so unfortunate with the Leclerc crash um, in yeah. qualifying, and yeah, that 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 wasn't a, that was a blight on their weekend in a sense. But you looked at what team. I mean, had Monaco been the first race of the season, everyone would be saying, "My goodness, Ferrari are back." But uh, I think this is this is just mm. a case of there isn't a long enough straight for anyone with a superior power unit to get an advantage on. Yeah. So it, it was just going to be a non-starter in terms of that element of the race. But yeah, uh, as it goes, yeah, power yeah. unit wasn't a big feature this weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as in like, I think Ferrari were, um, basically I think what we're saying is that this race flattered Ferrari a little bit just because, like you said, the 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 differentiator of the power unit was basically... Zero, as in it made no difference at all, really, it, because it's you know Monaco is such a well, whilst whilst circuit, I do agree, yes, it did uh, straight, straight circuit, windy right. circuit. <laughs> whilst I do agree Monaco's that anything but it straight. did flatter them a touch. At the same time, it did sort of bring into the conversation that it's not all about power unit, and Ferrari clearly 
possibly the best of everybody uh, when it comes to package in terms of aerodynamics and all that elements of it because the, you yeah, can't I mean, do well at Monaco if you haven't got that and it, clearly they do it better no. than Mercedes at the moment so there's at least something for Ferrari to work off of saying there's promise for the future because we are the best at something don't know what mm. that was don't know what it was this weekend well I mean I think there are I mean perhaps we're jumping the gun a little bit you We'll talk about this. We'll talk about Ferrari in a little bit later because uh, let me see in the notes. Yeah, we yeah. we talk about Leclerc, so we'll we'll go on to that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, in, I think it was important for Red Bull to kind of get a win this race. Um, you know, I was looking at something, and it was the number of laps led so far this championship, and obviously it was taken into account Monaco as well. But as in Red Bull have by far led the most laps, mm. but out of the first four races, Hamilton has won three. Verstappen's got two. I think that's right. And Verstappen's well now he's got two, but before this race mm. he had one. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it, it was. I think Red Bull needed to make the um, not dominance, but as in they needed to make the, the slight advantage Kent. I think. Yeah, um, and, and to be f- and it's interesting. Sorry, and to, to be fair to them, I don't think they've underperformed in a sense. I just think no, Mercedes no, no, no. were operating at such an elite level for those first few races where, I mean, yeah. some circuits didn't suit Red Bull um, with the wind mm. in Imola, Portimao, Portimao yeah. yeah, that was um, an issue for them. Then, well, you, you had these little bits and bobs which weren't quite going their way, but mm. and, and yeah. they hashed and... the um, the strategy on the first race in Bahrain. So some some of them are self-inflicted. Some of them were just small well, things. And I th- I think this weekend showed that m- maybe a bit more extremely because Mercedes were not, you know, it's a team which isn't very good in Monaco, but it, it did show off yeah. how good um, Red Bull are. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, you say, you know, how um, little things hadn't gone Red Bull's way. It was like the opposite for Mercedes where little things had gone their mm-hmm. way. Like, you know, first race, Perez has to start from the pit lane. So immediately, tactically, you know, you've got two, uh, the, the standard two Mercedes versus Red Bull. Um, sorry, the two Mercedes versus one Red Bull. Um, I was thinking of something else then that I had in my head. I guess. Yeah, basically, oh, um, at Imola, where Hamilton, you know, he was a lap down. And then because of uh, oh, yeah, that was very the race, because of the red flag or whatever, Hamilton then is on the same lap. And then he can just absolutely romp to second place. So... <clears throat> They've had a few little bits of luck, so it's probably about time that Red Bull, you know, over the course of the season, these these sort of things seem to um, balance themselves out. Um, and you know, like Mercedes have always, um, have particularly always struggled at Monaco. But having said that, this was a particularly poor performance by them, in all honesty. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just looking at these notes here. I wonder whether you. Uh, want to expand on some of the uh, bits you've uh, you've put in there, you know, about mind games and yeah, stuff. Yeah, Hamilton had sort of been putting the pressure on Verstappen uh, pre-race, or probably in the week leading up to Monaco, by suggesting that he, Hamilton that is, uh, had done well to avoid colliding with Verstappen, sort of insinuating that it's all Verstappen, which is causing these relatively close encounters. I mean, we've seen quite a few first turns where Verstappen's, he perhaps has pushed the limit a touch in terms of... Mm-hmm. Um, how close he's getting to Hamilton through the turns. But you, you could say on the flip side that, you know, Hamilton's doing the same, just not uh, when he's next to Verstappen in terms of we've suggested um, he pushed track limits a little bit. So I, I get the putting pressure. I 
Yeah, I, I can see Hamilton's point in terms of he's probably had to pull out of challenges more. But I guess if you if you want to win races uh, and you're in these sort of title fights, sometimes you've got to, you know, maybe be the more aggressive driver and almost cut somebody up. Yeah, I, I don't think that's um, I don't think that's a, a, a jibe from Hamilton though. I think that's just stating facts. As in, like when you look at some of the um, the the times where they have been next to each, like I think the perfect example is at Imola. You know, where they go into the first cut corner, Hamilton kind of hangs it on the outside, mm-hmm. um, and Verstappen, well within his rights, just goes nope and just closes the yeah. door. But that doesn't mean you know, as in. Hamilton has done well to avoid a proper collision. But at the same time, it's Hamilton's job what... to avoid the collision in that scenario because it's well, not, he's not... not not necessarily his job, but I think Verstappen is well within mm. his rights to go, no, I'm slamming the door there. So I don't think that's a criticism. I think that's just stated facts, to be honest with you. He did go on to um, say that uh, he thinks Verstappen perhaps has something or a lot to prove, um, which is why he's sort of flinging his car around the way he is. Um, well, perhaps suggesting you know, that in... Verstappen's underperforming, almost getting that out of there early just to sort of see how it plays with his mind well I mean I guess there's a few things I mean like look what's the main criticism we always have of Valtteri Bottas and that's when he's in those positions he never gets his elbows mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. Um, equally this is the first time where you know realistically Verstappen has had a car that can actually compete so in the past you know you would probably think well it's not worth getting my elbows out because I could cause a collision and get nothing when realistically Mercedes are much faster and they're just going to overtake me anyway. Now he's like, actually, no, I'm going to I'm going to get my elbows out. I'm closing that door there. You're not coming past. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's a criticism of Verstappen. I think it's more just an observation by Hamilton because, like like we said, as in this is the first time that Verstappen has really been in a position where he, he, he feels probably that he it's worth kind of hang in the car in certain places and, you know, making it difficult for Hamilton to get past. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Verstappen did win the race and after the race said, actions always speak louder than words. Uh, that is a good lesson after this weekend. Uh, you have to talk on the track. That's what I like. As a team, so far, we have made the smallest mistakes. That is why we're ahead. I hope we can keep going for the rest of the season. I, I do, I, I like that response in terms of Talking on the track, he doesn't want. He doesn't because to be fair, Verstappen didn't really say much in response to any of Hamilton's comments um, off the track. Uh, so it is it is quite a yeah okay. We we we're doing our talking on the track, and then oh, he almost does, does put a jibe into the Mercedes team by saying that so far they've made the smallest mistakes. Because I think mm. I don't think Red Bull are oblivious to the fact that they've perhaps hashed one or two strategy decisions uh, here or there or not, mm. or in a sense sometimes being outsmarted by uh, Mercedes with uh, the situation in Spain mm. where Mercedes jumped yeah. onto the, or had a spare set of medium tyres lying around to use. Um, mm. So I, I do like that almost, yeah, we're doing our talking on the track and we're better at it because we've made the, <laughs> the least mistakes. So it's like, oh, nice, fighting mm. talk, here we go. Um, but then, yeah, Hamilton then says he's not playing mind games. They did a great job. 17 races to go. Uh, I'm not going to get into War of Worlds. It's childish, but uh, I don't mm. know. I, I, I don't think Verstappen's being childish. I think he's just sort of saying, yeah, I, we, we are the better team. You know what I mean? It's fighting talk. I wouldn't call it childish. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if he was saying it's childish to, to the media, uh, okay. to be honest. Like, perhaps if they, you know, they're trying to create a bit of, uh, a bit of beef. I mean, look, it is a bit cheeky from Verstappen to say 
so far we've made the smallest mistakes. When you think about it realistically, the only mistake is in Hamilton at Monaco was out of contention anyway. Um, as in, you know, and we say this later in the notes, as in Hamilton, Mercedes didn't help him in Monaco, but that certainly wasn't the cause of him not getting points. Mm-hmm. Um I think the only mistake they've really made is the Bottas thing, which we'll come on to later. As in, apart from that, Mercedes have been pretty much on the money, I think, up until now. So, you know, and again, I feel like over the course of a season, these sort of things balance out. As in, like, let's not forget last season, Verstappen, I think I'm right in saying he didn't finish, like, any of the Italian races. Oh, but yeah, that, that well, like, right. he f- sounds right, yeah. To be fair, a few of them were engine issues. Um... Yeah, yeah, but I guess what I mean is, as in, like, okay... Mercedes have had a stinker. There's no denying that. But at some point this season, Red Bull will have a stinker. So, you know, these sort of things balance themselves out. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and, you know, Verstappen can say we've made the smallest mistakes. You could argue that perhaps Red Bull have be, not necessarily made mistakes, but as in they've probably been... Uh, Mercedes tactically, I think, so far this season have been better. You know, like when you look at Bahrain, as in Mercedes by far had a slower car. Um, when you look at Spain, where they pitted Hamilton, and you were like, oh, flipping heck, that's risky, and it worked wonders towards the end of the race. So I think it's probably about level pegging. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, Ham- Hamilton's been there long enough now, and like ha- Hamilton's character has changed a lot, as in like when he was at McLaren and stuff, he'd be like, he would have probably. You know, like, you always say, oh, I, I was hoping for a nibble there. Like, Hamilton would be chomping, like, at the media, like, oh, yeah, you know, going in for a war of words. But nowadays, I think he just he's just not interested. So he did, To be fair, we'll he did that. have a bit of a chew out of the Mercedes team during the race. I was quite enjoying listening to that. Oh, yeah, but I think he was well within his rights to, because I think, you know, he understands, like, let's be fair, I know Hamilton didn't have a great weekend, but when you think back to Bahrain, like... Okay, tactically it was impressive, but Hamilton made those tyres last for so long and then still managed to keep Verstappen behind him. Like, Mercedes probably owe him one in terms of digging him out a little bit, mm-hmm. and Mercedes just botched it, really. Like, and like I said, we'll get on to it later, but as in, Hamilton didn't have a vintage weekend, but equally, Mercedes didn't do him any favours either. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, should we move on to, to Bottas then? Mr. Unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, talk about rough luck for a guy. I know we've um, slated him in the past, or I have in particular. Um, he has no luck. No none luck. None at all. I mean, even when he's doing half okay, he's still nothing. He's always... It's pretty much guaranteed. If Bottas is in the front three, he's going to have something wrong happen to him in the pit stop. It's never him. It's always <laughs> the pit stop in those scenarios. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, when you look at the weekend, like, considering, like, Hamilton really struggled, as in, like, he just couldn't get the tyres to work. Bottas was flying. Yeah. Like, Bottas was doing really well. Well, hence why he qualified... Um, he, he qualified... No, he qualified or third, or third, but Leclerc not starting promoted him to yeah, second. Yeah, promoted him to second, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, I mean, his pit stop lasted 43 hours for those who... Uh, which, is, which, believe it or not, is a record. Yeah, it is. It's the longest pit stop. <laughs> um, but, yeah... The sort of pit crew, there's 20 of them for a pit stop, not including if they're making any other adjustments, you know, just for a regular wheel change. Um, three for each wheel, 
and one takes the wheel off, one puts the wheel on, and one uses the wheel gun. And Bottas pulled up a little bit shy of his marker, and it meant, well, the guy who was going to be putting the next wheel on didn't give the gun mechanic much room, so he couldn't adjust properly, and it meant that he, he rather than going at it, you know, 45-degree angle, just lock it on, do it, get it off, uh, instead he was sort of doing it at almost a 60-degree angle, which meant it wasn't on properly, and it just machined, machined it? off the bolt, so basically it was just a smooth surface from there on out, and it was like, yeah, you can't get that off anymore, <laughs> that thing is obliterated. I mean, anybody who watched the coverage would have seen the metal shooting up into the sky as he was doing it. Yeah. I think the guy instantly was like, oh no, <laughs> that's that. Um, so, mm. uh, yeah, Bottas was incredibly unlucky. Um, I mean, I guess you could even say it was the pressure of the situation. It's Monaco, your second. This is a good opportunity. Yeah. He, to be fair, Bottas did pull up shy, and you know, Total Wolf said that afterwards. He said, as much as this was the Pitts team's error in terms of what happened with the, um, the bolts, at the same time, if Bottas hits his marker instead, I mean, you're not doing them any favors by being a little bit shy it meant everything was off in the beginning but mm. particularly in monaco where pit stops are basically everything i mean we saw that with hamilton and the fact that he ended up losing something like yeah, three yeah, places yeah. by the end because of it but um i mean i i, I do feel like toto wolf is um trying to spread the blame a little bit there rather than just pinning it solely on mechanics he's kind of drag Bottas into it as well. I mean, you're not telling me that's the first time that any driver has kind of no. slightly short of the market. But, but... And realistically, what's more difficult? I to to um make sure that you bang on the money in terms of the market or for your pit crew to move slightly to the left. But the thing is that that's the thing. Okay. We're in Monaco. When you're in Monaco you've got to do those pit stops as quick as possible. Mm you know that you mm. haven't got time to readjust because if you do, that could be science overtaking you and that looks even worse almost mm. uh, in that scenario. I mean, I don't think they'd have imagined that they were going to be shaving off the bolts uh, because of it, but I can see what the pit crew guys... I mean, I, I bet as soon as they went out, they were like, you need under three seconds, lads. Nothing but under three seconds. Yeah. And maybe the situation overcame and they went, just go with it, see what happens, and shaves mm. it off. But mightily unluckily for him. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is you're not telling me that Bottas is the first Formula 1 no. driver in history to fall slightly short of his mark, yet f for this, in this scenario, they managed to absolutely shred the bolt on his uh, on his wheel to the point where it can't come off. I, As in, I think there's a little bit of um, sort of management going on with Toto Wolf there, as in, like, realistically... That's the mechanic's fault. I think it's as simple as that. As in, like, you can't... It is, but you're you know, an entire mm. team. You've, I mean, well, I don't know how shy of it what he was, but, you know, if he's a distance off, in, th that doesn't help them at all. No, it doesn't. But as in, that doesn't then mean you can go, oh, well, he's short, I'll just go at the wrong angle anyway. You you have to adjust, you know, like... It, it happened. Like, you think of, like, last season when Stroll missed his pit stop and he took out the mm -hmm. guy in his pit crew... That sort of stuff happens in Formula One, as in they're not going to be on the money every single time. So I feel like it's a bit of management from Toto Wolf there. Um, and as in, like, you're not telling me that the mechanics aren't trained for that sort of scenario. Like, no, I'm, I'm sure they are, you know, but I, <clears throat> this is Monaco, and that, that was kind of the point I was trying to make, was in Monaco, it is all about the pit stop. You can't be slow. It and is. 
But then, but then, if what they could have done realistically is if the mechanic just lines up slightly different after the race, if there's a load of flack, then Toto Wolf can just go, "Oh well, Bottas missed his mark. We have to readjust." Yeah, simple as that. So I, I, I don't think. Let me put it this way: if the pit stop had been slightly slower, you know, I think they could have quite easily managed that. I think by them saying, "Oh, Bottas slightly missed his mark," and blah 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 blah, as in like, I, I don't think Bottas missing his mark is a is a huge thing. Is in you're not. I, I, I would be quite interested to see, like, what happens in pit stops in terms of hitting the mark. Because I think you'd probably find that, that a lot of them kind of either drop slightly short or overshoot just because. You know, it's quite a tight area. You can't really see the front of the car. You're coming in hot. You know, it's, it, it must happen all the time. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, possibly. Except Bottas was the unfortunate so-and-so who, uh, who ended up having to wait 43 hours for his tyres. <laughs> that's that's going to be frustrating, though. I mean... Oh, it must be, it must be so frustrating. It, to be fair... It, he was having a good race. It wasn't sensational in terms of he wasn't catching Verstappen or anything. No, but he, was, it's he was in the mix. Yeah, it's two, you know, second place points. That's all you can really ask for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Definitely. unfortunate for him. Very. Moving on to the other Mercedes driver, we did mention Hamilton before. What, what did you make? I mean, I know you were saying that Mercedes botched the strategy, which is the reason he um, fell further back, but. Do you not think he should have um, done well? Do you not think he would have been quicker though? I mean, in theory, you go off I, old I, softs onto fresh hards. You should be quicker, shouldn't you? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think the reason he fell further back was because of the, um, the pit stop. But I don't think Mercedes did him any favors realistically. Um, you know, when, like I said, as in basically Hamilton, not dug Mercedes out, but as in he did them a favor at Bahrain. Um, by putting in an absolutely outstanding drive. And, you know, there are going to be times when your driver doesn't perform as they would like, and you've kind of got to give them a bit of a hand. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mercedes, you know... What more could they have done, though? Because in theory, what they did was the undercut, which is the smart thing to do. Well, yes, but as in Ham- clearly Hamilton seemed to think that, you know... He's obviously been in conversation because when he came back on the radio, it was something along the lines of, you, you've pitted me and I've come out behind him again. So I, I think, I feel like, a, to be honest with you, I feel like an undercut is at Monaco isn't necessarily always going to work um, just because of overtaking and all that sort of stuff. I feel like it was... You know, when you're in that position, you're not leading the race. I feel like they probably could have perhaps listened to what Hamilton was saying rather than just going with strategy. Um, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't vintage, really. I mean, and like I said, I, I'm not saying the reason Hamilton didn't get good points was because of that decision because I don't think he would have got particularly good points anyway. But I think any sort of chance of him getting, like, say, fifth like, immediately went out of the window as they kind of did that move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my thoughts, anyway. I guess you also want an overcut. I mean, in theory, if Mercedes were the quicker car, mm. in theory, doing an overcut, in a sense, by pitting later would allow them to have a bit of free mm. air to get that time advantage. Exactly. But, exactly. but, I mean, on balance, he was slower in qualifying, so there was nothing really to suggest that the Mercedes was going quicker than Gasly. 
Um, um, in a set, like that's we true. don't know if. I mean, to be fair, I think Gasly was almost a second ahead at one stage of him um, mm. before the pit stop. That is so. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one of the unknowns with Monaco, isn't it? Because like, because Hamilton wasn't necessarily right behind Gasly. You don't really know, but equally at Monaco, you can't just follow right behind; otherwise, that's going to be a crash. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue perhaps Mercedes should have listened to their driver a little bit because the ultimately the driver is the one who knows whether they can go quicker or not, right? So, if Hamilton sat in the car going, "If you give me free air, I can cut time out," then you know perhaps they should have listened to him rather than. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, I feel like what Mercedes did was kind of like no risk, whereas no, I, I wouldn't Monaco, say it was no risk. No risk would have been to pit the same lap, be purely just trying well, that. It was conservative then. I, I th- it, it was I think conservative. It was I, I'll be honest. In all other scenarios, I think if I were a team, you know, strategy guy, um, and you were looking at how you're going to get somebody in Monaco, you'd think I'll go for the undercut. I, I can understand maybe mm. if you've got the quicker car, perhaps you'd do the overcut, but then you've got to really be confident that you're going to get that advantage, um, you know what I mean, as mm. the quicker car. So it's, a tough, it's a tough one to do there. Um, mm. I, I, I don't, I'd be honest, I don't blame Mercedes in that scenario. I don't think they did anything particularly wrong. I think they the strategy they went with, perhaps on reflection, they could say it wasn't the right one. Uh, if they think that the other one would have worked. And, you know, you look at guys like Perez, who managed to go from, like, eighth to fourth by staying out there for, like, ten yeah. laps long. You know, that's really impressive. Exactly, yeah. But, but to be fair, in that scenario, we knew that the Red Bull was a fast car because of what Verstappen was doing in cleaning. Mm. Um, so, you know what I mean? It suggested mm. that Perez probably could do the same or close to mm. to get that advantage. Um, but, you know, guys like Vettel managed to do the overcuts, Perez managed to maintain position just by pitting a lap later. So, yeah, on reflection, sure, maybe it does seem obvious now that they should have done an overcut. But mm. but by and large, I think what the case is in most Grand Prix is the undercut is usually the most powerful thing. That is how you mm. gain your positions. I mean, you see I mean, pretty much every race this year, as soon as one guy goes in, everybody's like, OK, I've got to get in to cover the undercut. Um, so yeah. I don't blame them for I mean, what they I, I just think they, they got it I, wrong. I, I, yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, I think in this scenario, as in like Formula One, as in the strategy that the teams develop is based a lot on um, numbers, um, the science of the sport, I guess, isn't it? It's based on like how long they think the tyres are going to last, um, the weather, the track conditions, the track temperature, you know, all you know, the 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 setup that the car is running, all of these sort of things. Um, but then on the other side, you've got how the driver is feeling in the car. Um, and I think basically in this scenario, what Mercedes did is trusted the science rather than the driver. Uh, to be honest, I don't um, blame them because when you go back to circuits, like remember last year in Silverstone where the tyres exploded, I don't think anybody was saying at that point, my tyres feel bad. No, I don't think that was on the radio much. So, you know what I mean? There's no, only so in... much feel. You know what I mean? Drivers can always feel something, but sometimes they're on the edge and they're gonna they're gonna go or maybe not on yeah, the edge, but, but in, they I... might look at and go, actually, you'll be on a lot quicker if you go on this other one. We're gonna do it. But, but I don't think I I think in that scenario, I think Mercedes got it wrong. They should have listened to ha- as in Hamilton's been in the game long enough that he knows. 
And, you know, look, if Hamilton had made the call, ultimately the, the decision would be Hamilton's then, and the team would go, well... You know, we had a strategy. Hamilton said this. We went with it, and it didn't work out. You've also got to look on the flip I side. Think... Bottas did pit the lap after Hamilton, so perhaps he just wasn't mm-hmm. entitled to it because he was the driver further back. Perhaps they said you Possibly. can't have it. Bottas is maybe yeah. That could be the maybe. scenario in all of this. Um, yeah, it, it could well have been. I guess what I'm saying is, I feel like perhaps Mercedes were a little bit. Um, they weren't necessarily paying full attention to what was happening. They were going by data rather than what the driver was saying, I think, personally. Um, and I think that might be Hamilton's frustration. Cause, and, you know, as soon as Hamilton came out behind Gasly then, you're like, oh, well, that's it done then, because he's not going to get past. There's nowhere to overtake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if anything, <laughs> I'd have loved it if uh, Red Bull mm-hmm. went, right, team orders to uh, Alpha Tauri, Gasly, hold him up, get Vettel in front as well. <laughs> really, really kick him in the teeth today. <laughs> there, and then, mm. hang on, hold him up again. Let's get Perez ahead as well. <laughs> Just from piling on <laughs> Hamilton for the day. Oh, that'd be funny. Um, anyway, we'll move on from Mercedes. Um Leclerc was very unlucky. Yeah, I mean, he's he's cursed at, <laughs> at Monaco. He's yet to finish yes. a race there. Now he hasn't. He didn't even start this one, even though he qualified first. He, they were looking very good this weekend, the Ferraris. And to be fair, even though he crashed out um, at the end of qualifying, which prevented a lot of others from doing their flying lap, he was quickest at that point. Everyone's had at least one go at it, and they were quicker. So as much as perhaps the others may have gone quicker, who's to say Leclerc wasn't going to go quicker on that lap? So, yeah, the crash maybe prevented others from doing a flying lap or finishing another flying lap. Um, but by and large, I think the, the pole position was deserved, and they did look like the quickest car on the weekend. Yeah, um, I mean, look, he was a little bit, i say fortunate as in... I guess ultimately he he wasn't fortunate because that crash impacted his race. But as in, you know, he, he crashed in quali, which meant that no one else could uh, could then go and do. Well, I say no one else. Verstappen couldn't go and do his fast lap. Um, you know, like Leclerc had very much been in and around anyway. So who's to say that Verstappen was going to get that lap? As in, like we saw at Portimao, the Red Bulls had looked probably fastest, and then on the one lap where Verstappen you know, was going for his fast, fast lap. He kind of ran a little bit wide or something like that. So you never know. But um, yeah, and and like I said, ultimately it meant that he couldn't race because it damaged his car to a point where, and it was so, (laughs) it was so typically Ferrari is in like, oh yes, the, uh, because they were, I'm trying to think what they were, they worried about the gearbox. Yeah, and to be Um, fair, that, that is what the commentators were saying. It was everyone was kind of saying because the crash was sort of mm-hmm. towards the front more than the back. Um, but then it turned out there was an issue with the rear, as you were probably going to go on to say then. It was... Um, yeah, but it's so, it's so typically Ferraris. And now we check the gearbox and it is fine. Yeah. And then it's like... Sorry, that's my pathetic attempt at an Italian accent, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then they get to the race and it's like, oh, yeah, the drive shaft at the rear isn't working. Is that related? Oh, yeah, we didn't check that. Yeah. It's like, what? Uh, uh, and then like, they had the he's arrogance. Just, he's just crashed into the wall. They had the arrogance then to say it, it was because of Leclerc's clash, crash. It's like, yeah, you've got guys yeah. who've got 24 hours to look at this car, fix it or whatever, and they said there's nothing wrong with the gearbox. What are you doing the rest of the time? Look at the rest of the car, yeah. man. <laughs> it's like he crashed. Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, Leclerc. 
Leclerc. <laughs> it, to be honest, it's yeah, so yeah. typically Ferrari to do that, though. It's, yeah. Everything, like, it's, it's the driver. It's never the team. Let's be fair, right? If if that were Mercedes, like, Total Wolf would have them going over that car with, a, with like, a tooth comb. Yeah. They'd be checking every single thing. Whereas, like... It was almost like the media said, oh, we need to make sure the gearbox is all right. And Ferrari went, right, we'll just check the gearbox then, because that's what they're telling us we need to check. Yeah. And we'll just forget about everything else. Um, I mean, it, Ferrari, this is, this is probably the one and only chance this season Ferrari had of winning a race. Yeah, realistically. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you, they I think it. you're allowed three times in a season to sort of use a, a sort of overnight token thing to fix a car or something. Because you can't just let your teams yeah. go at it every single time. I imagine that's, that's no. probably a union or something saying that. And say, you can't. You can't have these guys <laughs> doing it all the time, lads. You've got to give them a break. Um, no. But, I mean, that, you guys on pole, just use the 24-hour chip, in a sense, and do it overnight just to make sure everything's Play okay. Play it safe. Just check and they went, everything on nah, the car. risk it. Let's go for it. Just ah, I'll be fine. Oh. Don't worry about it. No problems. It'll be fine. Just, oh, <laughs> I, and, you know, I felt bad for Leclerc because it was like, this is Monaco, that's yeah. his home race, and he's yet to do anything, and he's got to be thinking, well, licking his like, lips after that qualifying, thinking, I've got a real chance here. I mean, look, even if he's not from Monaco, as in, like, you qualified on pole for Monaco, mm. and it's one thing if you, you know, something happens in the race, but to not even start is, uh, you know, is very disappointing. I mean, what I should say is that they think... Um, uh, they're going to introduce a rule that they have in IndyCar now, where if you get red flag, oh. or if you cause a red flag in qualifying, you you know you're removed from pole, which I, I, I think makes sense. But, but to be I, fair, I where does the line stop? Because we've seen it with Schumacher and Rosberg in the past at Monaco, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. coincidentally, when they you know after they've done their fastest lap and perhaps their teammate or another driver's doing their fastest lap, they'll go up. Oh! I can't, I've, I've bottled it into this corner, let's go into the runoff, get the yellow flags out, lads, uh, and mm. slow them down. You know what I mean? It's like, where do you draw the line? Because it's like, obviously, with a red flag situation, it's a crash. It's not, it's mm. nothing but a crash. So it's like, in those scenarios, that the guy's already had a hard luck at it. Do you, do you start mm. cancelling times after all yellow flags? As well? well, I mean, I guess on in that scenario, they'd have to... Uh... It's, and to be fair, they'd, a, they'd have to review it indiv- yeah. individually, it, each incident individually. And it's only a twelve-minute Q3, which is why I always sort of complain mm. about the the amount of time they get for a third qualifying. Because I always think it seems rushed. Everyone gets pretty much two goes at it, um, yeah. And then that's sort of your that's your well. That's your go. I mean, I guess ultimately as well as in you go to the yellow flag thing. I suppose there is an element to which it's like, well, the FIA could turn around and go, well, we've given you twelve minutes. You know, you don't have to do your fastest lap at the end of the qualifying session. That that's that's the risk that you run mm-hmm. as a driver. You know, like I think of Hamilton this weekend. He didn't do a good lap. He then did like, or he pulled out. I think he was on a fast lap. He pulled out because he wasn't happy with it, and then he thought, "All right, well, I'll pull out, recharge the batteries a bit, and I'll go again." Mm-hmm. He probably would have. You know, I'm not saying he would have got pulled, but he probably would have maybe jumped one or two positions from where he was. Maybe. Because yeah. then, obviously, the, the red flag happened, and then no one else could go quicker anyway. So, you know, that's part of the risk that you run as a driver sometimes. Either you, you know, Although you've got to also remember that they, they aren't given an unlimited supply of tyres either. They've got to be really savvy with no, when they're, they're using them. So they, they have, but that doesn't mean they have to use them right at the end of the session. It's true, it's true. So yeah. I, think, I think in the yellow, the yellow flag scenario, I think that could possibly be the argument. In the red flag scenario, it's slightly different because... 
the session is ended. Mm-hmm. Well, to, to be fair, I, I, the red flag, it was going to continue, but there's only four seconds left, so that's why they called it a halt. Um, well, no, well, no, a red flag means... That but are they not allowed... To, they're not even... No. Can't even come back out if... What, what if it happens no, if they get red flag. It? Well, no, no, red, red flag is like, that's uh, it. Okay, that wasn't it's end of session. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Ah. So, yeah. Um, where are we at now? We talked about Leclerc. Yeah, we're on to Vettel. Yeah, the Kraken race. Vettel. He actually, he actually did all right, yeah. didn't he? Like, to be fair, it looks like Aston Martin are slowly figuring out. Even Stroll's getting closer. Uh, but it does seem like they are starting to fix some of the problems they've been having. Um, Can I just say, while we're talking about Vettel, whoever that director is oh, at Monaco, sack him. The director that like, is of the not one... the what's going on, but literally the 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 yeah, coverage. Yeah, like the camera director. Oh. The one moment in the race where something happened. And they went, let's watch Stroll like, go over a curb. The context, oh. Vettel... <laughs> Vettel comes out of the pits. I think it was um, Gasly, wasn't it? Like, they're alongside. They go in, and then just as they were about to have a battle, he goes, oh, we'll just cut to Lance Stroll. Was over a it's like ev- even the commentators the were screaming bit? about it. They were like, no, 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 <laughs> go back, go back, go back. The best bit as well was that later in the race, they started to show a replay, and then they cut away again. <laughs> oh, I didn't even stop like, it. <laughs> stop it, stop it. Um, yeah, so Vettel had a... A really good race, actually, by all accounts. You know, fifth at Monaco is very respectable. Yeah. Um, On the overcut as well. And it was, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, and you know, I guess uh, going on from new drivers in, well, I say drivers in new cars, um, there was very much a split between um, Sainz and Danny Rick, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, th- this is sort of... We we did mention early on that you know they're both getting to grips. One's having a good race here, one's having a bad race yeah. there. You know what I mean? It was tit for tat, but 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 there seems to have been a bit of a golf in I mean, uh, yeah. performance since science. Then. You know, very impressive this weekend. I mean, we did mention earlier that Ferrari was probably the best car for the circuit. Uh, I think one of yeah yeah uh, for sure. And you know he he did what he needed to do, and he ended up uh, with a second place in the end. Stayed in the race, kept it respectable, didn't do anything radical or crazy. It was a smooth mm. race. And then Danny Rick, who is, you know, known for being a phenomenal driver at Monaco, starts 12th, finishes 12th. And, you know, a finished 12th after starting 12th, when two drivers have left the race, means basically you've lost two positions, my boy. Um, so he just... That's a good point. I yeah, hadn't thought he, of that. He was miles off the pace in terms. I mean, he got mm. lapped by Norris, who ended up getting it, who got third place, and that was his second podium of the season. You know, it's like mm-hmm. science is not having these sorts of issues. What on earth is going on for Daniel Ricciardo? Yeah, um, yeah. It's in. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, like you said, initially it was kind of. You know, oh, they're getting grips of the car, blah, 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 tit for tat, one person outperforms the other. Whereas it seems like Sainz has very much kind of kicked on <clears throat> and seems to be very happy with the car. Um, Ricardo hasn't really seems to have got to grips with it yet. That, that does surprise um, me equally, somewhat because um, you've mentioned to me that the <clears throat> McLaren is, I mean, they've been saying it's a difficult car to drive, but Danny Rick mm. has driven for. What, is this his fourth team now? Or third team? Third. Third. Uh, well, no, fourth team. Well, actually, no, technically, it's probably his fifth because he was yeah, with... Yeah, he um, was with the Alpha Tauri or whatever. Well, no, he was with Toro Rosso. Yeah. He's been, so he's been with Toro Rosso, Red Bull, 
Renault McLaren, and he also raced for, um, oh, I can't remember what they're called now, I think it was NRT back in the day, like when he first started, but that was like at the very start of his career, so... I mean, you know what I mean? You think I mean, when you've done all of those, you'd be pretty used to mm, adjusting to different cars, but he really doesn't seem to yeah. have gotten to any grip with it. Well, I mean, th- there's got to be something going on there because, like, Lando Norris seems to be very comfortable in the cars, and he got um, this second uh, this week, third. Yeah, oh, there we are. So, um, you know, as in. Lando Norris seems to be performing okay, so there must be so the, the car is clearly fast, so there must be something in the setup that Daniel Rick just isn't quite accustomed to. Um, however, you know, it is taking a lot longer than a lot of people, including myself, would have expected. I guess. Well, I um, had Danny Rick in my F one fantasy <clears throat> team at the beginning, and I took him out after week yeah. one because he just did not look good. He, he's. He yeah. just really is struggling. It there's no obvious answer for it. It's not like he's making mistakes. You know, he's I think he's finished every race so far. But I mean, yeah. when you're getting lapped <clears throat> by your teammates, I mean, to, yes. to be fair, in Monaco, if you're getting lapped by anybody, it instantly puts you probably three or four seconds off the pace that you were doing. So every yeah, time yeah, it's yeah. happening, obviously there's a multiplier going on you. But um, yeah, to get lapped by your teammate, I mean, it's got shades mm. of Verstappen and Gasly. Uh, back when Gasly was in yeah. the Red Bull, you know what I mean? Whenever you're lapped by your teammate, everyone's looking around like, it's not, oh. It's not good. But the thing is, at the same time, Danny Rick's not, you know, a new driver. He's not a Yuki Tsunoda in a sense, who if he got lapped by Gasly, no. you you know, you'd be going, oh, is he actually that good? Danny Rick is a veteran, you know what I mean? He's a guy who, well, give him the right car, you could suggest that he's going to go on to win a world championship. He hasn't had that right car yeah. quite yet. Or, mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess at, th- at this point, you start in... I think up until now, perhaps Daniel Ricciardo is at McLaren has lived lived a little bit off past reputation, mm-hmm. but now is kind of getting to the point where it's like, no, you need to start. We don't want another battle, start do we? Getting some points. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And it's, uh, from a personal point of view, I'm a massive fan of Daniel Ricciardo, so I certainly hope not. Yeah. Um, Tricky one. But yeah, I mean, I guess apart from that, that's probably the majority of what happened in. Yeah. Because there wasn't big incidents, really, apart from the Bottas one, in terms of what happened on track, on race, and and there were no overtakes. In terms of, yeah, like I said, the only bit of action was Vettel coming out of the pits next to Gasly, and we we didn't really get to see what happened there. Apart from lap one and the pits, there wasn't an overtake on track. That that shouldn't happen at any stage. It says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, I all, all yeah, yeah. Go on, well, you. no, I was well, I was going to say something, and then I thought, well, we could probably going to talk about that a bit later about of what we potentially all, would change about that circuit. All, all we can hope is that. Oh yeah, we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I guess in summary, you know, Verstappen is now leading the drivers' championship. This is first time, um, and Red Bull leading the constructors. Yeah, first time. It's crazy. Um, so you know, good weekend for Red Bull. Um. Perhaps Mercedes undid a little bit of their, when I say Mercedes, including the drivers, um, and did their hard work in Spain, you know, where they were pulled off a bit of a tactical masterclass. Um, also a bit of a, like a recurring theme at Monaco. They don't seem to uh, perform as well. Interestingly, just on a side note, like Hamilton said, apparently Mercedes have the longest car on the grid. Yeah, yeah. I, and they I said know that Red Bull's got one of the shortest the ones. ones. 
Yeah, yeah, I'd seen that. yeah. So, so yeah, interesting. And to be honest with you, like Paul Durasa made a good point. Like he said, if you think about it, how important is that bit of luck that Hamilton had at Imola, where he would have been a lap down, but because of flags, he was man, he was on the same lap. Mm. Like all of a sudden. It just shows you the fine margins, I think, because in like Hamilton could be, uh, yeah, you know, twenty odd points back. There's there's sort of things that even themselves out over a season in terms of luck on the track. Oh, hundred percent. But I don't, yes, I do. don't think though that that thing happening in uh, did you say Imola? I can't remember. Yeah, in Imola, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think you can replicate that in terms of there won't be any single moment where you are able to gain that many points from a, a decision in a sense, unless you're losing them from a you know, retirement or something. I don't think you're going to find a scenario yeah. where you're able to, in a sense, he had a protected position as well at that point. It was, he was lapped, mm. but he was something like eighth. But obviously, yeah. he, he was still stuck in the gravel. If that crash hadn't mm. occurred, he'd have been ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, because he couldn't but, get on the track. Don't forget, don't forget, at Imola, under the restart, Max Verstappen was leading the mm. pack and he very nearly dropped it and behind the safety car. Yeah, that is, that is true. He if did that almost. happens in the race, that, that, I don't if think. that happens in the race, he gets pinged. So you know these sort of things happen. They do balance themselves. He, he might out. get pinged, but you got to remember that was under the safety car where everyone's bumper to bumper in the race. He's actually you know got a pretty healthy lead for the majority yeah, of it. But yeah, it happens. Like we see last season, George Russell under the safety car drops it, bang into the barrier, end of race. Mm-hmm. You know it. it you know. It's fine margins, fine margins. But yeah, that little bit of luck for Hamilton right now is uh, margins, I guess, margins. Um, Circuit itself, I mean, does Monaco need to change, do you think? 100%. 100%. I mean, I know you've, I mean, we were speaking about it prior to this, but I know you're more of the opinion Mm -hmm. the cars need to change. Well, I'm not saying that the... The car is. I'm not saying it's solely the car's fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what will happen when we have the slightly smaller cars? It is a factor, I think. Um, I mean, ultimately, I think you know they say all oh, the circuit needs to change, but there's only so much you can do when it's a street circuit. Yeah. As in, like, it's not like a Barcelona where they can just go, oh, well, instead of having this chicane, we'll just do a sweeping. You can't really do that in Monaco because it's roads. Yeah, like. They follow whatever route they follow, I guess. Um, I guess, um, you know, we've said previously, like, is Monaco just living on past reputation? I think after this race, you'd certainly say yes. Um, But I don't really know what they could do to change it. It needs to change, but I don't know what the solution is, really. Well, first and foremost, I think the cars are too quick. I know that sounds stupid, but... The cars now nowadays are that much faster than each other that. Well, they're, they're downforce, aren't yeah. they? It's all about. But, it's all. They're so sticky. Well, more so. I'm thinking in a sense. You, you can't. There's no sweeping bends. Firstly, so grip does not matter in this circuit. In terms, you know what I mean. It's just, it's straight line speed, sharp bend, straight line speed, sharp bend, and it's like so that doesn't lead for any turns to come out. You know who's got better traction. Or can they go into mm. it side by side? Or are they going to exit it? And in a sense, because yeah. they've, because in a sense you are guaranteed to be, you can't physically even be alongside them going in onto a straight. No, you, no, no, no. And yeah. the distance between one turn and the next isn't long enough because of the speed of the cars for anyone, any car to make up that difference. It's just not long enough. Yeah. Um, so they do need to change something. 
I personally, I don't, I don't think they can change anything. And if they are going to stay at the circuit, I I mean, I like I think I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that perhaps they bring in retro cars for this one and let them all drive it out on something a little bit different, which would obviously be well, really yeah. funky. But you need something I mean, slower. You know, That's the bare, bare yeah. bones of it because they're just too fast. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, like I know in NASCAR they do like a they call I can't remember what they call it. It's like a retro rewind or something like that, and all of the cars run like retro liveries, um, and they like all of the coverage is based on like the history of the sport, blah blah blah. But I guess that would I, d- I don't know really because I guess all that would do is make it more of an event, I guess. But the race would still be nah. Um so I, I don't know what the solution is, in all honesty. I just... It, it needs more sweeping bends. Mm. The straights aren't long enough, and it needs to be wider. The the only thing I could think they could do, really, is make it so that, like, instead of having a race, per se, like, the qualifying is, like, a... I, I, don't, really, I don't even know. Or what you could do, perhaps you could do, like, a, like a knockout. So you could have, like, four cars on track, like, and you could tier them all. So you could have, like, how many cars are on the cruise? Is it, like, 22? Is that how many cars we have nowadays? Well, I can't even remember. I've got 20 at the moment. Um, is it 20? Yeah, 10 teams, two drivers each. There we are. You could have you could have five races of four drivers. Um, and then you could, like, tier them all. You could have, like, mini mini races. And then you have, like, the final race, if that makes sense. That's or, the only thing I could think that you could or do. Or you could do a time trial. Give everyone, say, yeah. 10 laps, fastest time. You know what I mean? And it is... No qualifying, mm. it's just a shootout. No car, it's just one car mm. at a time does all 10 laps. Next car, yeah, 10 yeah, laps. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It'd almost be like um, in cycling where they have the time trials for certain stages where it's a shortened yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't get your team yeah. to help you out on this. This is you and you alone. You've got to do the fastest time. You can choose what tire you want. If you think the softs are going to give you that advantage for, say, six or seven laps and then cling on mm-hmm. for the remaining three, or do you go mediums, even mm-hmm. though they're not going to be as quick at the beginning, just to maintain that speed towards the end? Um, I, I think yeah. that could be really cool at Monaco. I think, But at the same time, what do people want? Do they like racing or do they like to see a spectacle? Because, I mean, I'm not, I mean, when I watch the cycling, I love watching a time trial. They are really interesting because you can see it Mm. slipping away from somebody. Almost they've got those constant time deltas, which you can see where people are, oh, okay, this person's someone to watch because at the halfway mark, they are, Mm. say, just within four seconds of the leader or, you know what I mean? I think that could be a really cool twist to Monaco where you just say, Mm. let's introduce time trials. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, like, ultimately, in, ac- across the course of a season, you are going to have some circuits that have more overtaken than others. Um, but some, there has you know, to be some mem- overtaking, I can't remember. minimum. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but they made a comment on, I think it was on Twitter, it was a f- either a, some sort of racing driver or former Formula 1 driver, I can't remember who it was, but they basically said that, like, the entertaining thing with Monaco is effectively just seeing the driver's absolutely at the limit like around such a tight circuit which to a certain extent i can appreciate you know as in like when you're seeing drivers like doing hundreds of miles an hour like millimeters from a wall there is an element of that which is exciting i don't think anyone would deny that but there has got to be a bit of balance because ultimately we saw a 70 odd lap procession effectively is what we saw at monaco isn't it so yeah but ultimately i don't know what the solution is 
I really don't time know. trials, baby. Um, it's time trials. I am convinced on it. I only thought about well, it a few minutes ago. Yeah, I think sorry. that'd be awesome. <laughs> when, when I say I don't know what the solution is, if they were to keep just in the normal format, <laughs> I don't think there is a solution. Yeah. But on the flip side, we've got another street circuit coming up after this. Do you like that segue? Uh, we've got another street circuit coming up. <laughs> uh, Azerbaijan, Baku, um, you know, is a street circuit like Monaco. But you can overtake because there are oh, some yeah. straights, there are some wider corners, you know, there's a bit, little bits of runoff. So there is a little bit more leeway there for, uh, um, you know, Overtake. overtakes. Yeah. Um, you know, could Mercedes, you know, as in they, they clearly struggled at Monaco. I don't think there's any denying that. Um, the drivers struggled, the car struggled, everything struggled for Merck. You know, could they utilise their power unit a little bit more? Um you know, and after a difficult weekend at Monaco, they could probably do with a good result, I think. Um, both in terms of constructors and driver championship. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean they have they have to come back kicking, yeah. They can't they can't mm-hmm. have another one where they say we're not good on street circuits because then what happens when you get I mean, I think we got Singapore on the calendar, is it what happens there? Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You you can't just almost get a pass and say we're not a street circuit car because Yeah, you can't just write yeah, them off. Because I mean Red Bull have never done that. They've never said we're just a Monaco <laughs> circuit car. It's like we, <laughs> yeah. you have to be able to compete. And to be honest, this is why I like having twenty two races in a season. If you don't have twenty two races yeah, in a season, out, yeah. you know what I mean? This is how you get it. Um well, I mean, I guess, look, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? As in, I think the the, um, the swing points in a Formula 1 season are... It's not necessarily where, where, where you win. It's what position you come in when you don't yeah. win. It's not about winning, um, race. It's just about making sure that you're no. not not winning. Uh, you know, so maybe not yes. not winning, but not outside of the points. Not, Tenth. Not doing yeah. what Hamilton did this weekend and finishing seventh. You know what I mean? You've... Consistently exactly, yeah. finishing top five is essential. Yeah. I mean, I think Verstappen yeah. is now the only driver who's finished every race on the podium this season, and it yeah. pays a difference because, regardless of the fact that Hamilton, by and large, yeah, has more. done more and he had built up a little bit of a lead, it, t- it only takes one race when you fall outside for it all to go, you know, to cahoot. Yeah, um, 100%. You've gotta be in there. I mean, like. Time. Yeah, I mean, the thing is as well, you know, I say about the Mercedes being able to use their power unit, like the Honda engine is absolutely no slouch this no. season, as in Red Bull have kind of, they've managed to close, to be honest with you, I, I personally, I think that's where the gap has been closed, really. I don't think um, the Red Bull is any more impressive through the corners than it always has been, but I think the power that Mercedes have had in the past has just blown Red Bull away, in all honesty. Whereas this season, that I still think the Mercedes is probably slightly more impressive power unit, but it's minimal, very very minimal. Um, so you know, I don't think that'll be that's a benefit for Mercedes in themselves, but I don't think that necessarily gives them an outright advantage over Red Bull. Um, and you know, like we're still how many races are we now? Five. Five, I think Monaco was number six, if I'm honest, but not 100%. Yeah, I think We've so. We've had Bahrain. Oh, I can't even remember. Uh, anyway, we're, we're however many races into the season, um, we still really haven't had like all of the Red Bull and Mercedes drivers in and around the top four. You know, as in the first race, um, Perez had to start from the pit lane. Imola, Perez struggled. Portimao, both the Red Bulls struggled really because of the wins and stuff. 
Um, well, also, let's not forget Imola. Bottas almost finished in the bottom ten and yes. crashed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get that in there. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, what happened? Something happened in the race before that uh, at Spain as well. Was it Bottas just was just not really in contention? Oh, uh, Perez struggled in Spain as well. Yeah. So we're yet to really have, and then obviously Hamilton struggled and Bottas was out. Um, so we haven't really had all four of those drivers in around the top four, to be honest. So it'll be interesting. It, it would be nice to have that happen. As in tactically, it'll be interesting to see that sort of thing happen. You know how they all play it because. I guess as soon as you have both drivers in and around those positions, you kind of you see strategies um, on show. If if Monaco had yeah, yeah, all yeah. four of those at the front, that race would have been electric in terms of the strategy. Yeah, you, you'd be you, like, oh my goodness, what is exactly, going on? Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, it, it would be nice to see that happen. I think. And to be fair, they've um, got the form to do it in a sense. Like Verstappen is the best drive. Well, driving the best at the moment. Yeah. Hamilton won there in 2018, Bottas in 2019, there wasn't one in 2020, and Perez got third there in 2018 before they became the pink Mercedes. Um, you know what I mean? It's they, they all have form there. They've all done well there recently. It, nothing to suggest that they can't do that the same this uh, coming weekend. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, also there's a little bit of history of Verstappen uh, there crashing into. I say crashing into him and Danny Rick came together. I don't think it was solely Verstappen's fault, from all I can remember. Uh, I don't know. Um, I've watched that quite a few times back. I think that was all Verstappen, if I'm honest. Okay. Taking <laughs> <laughs> out Danny Rick, Danny Rick, no chance. <laughs> into that too. He was like, right, I'll swerve, I'll swerve back and break at the same time. It's like, whoa, dude, just like you know, kill the man. Um, yeah, there was no open. Yeah, there. I mean, to be honest with you, I was trying to be, uh, I was trying to be a bit politically correct there because I couldn't remember. It's been a little while since I've seen it, so I couldn't remember exactly what happened. But um, yeah, um, you know. These sort of things happen, but you know, a bit of history there. Is that going to play on Verstappen's mind? Possibly, probably not. Um, you know, could Ferrari? Do, do you think Ferrari are going to drop off drastically? Yeah. In uh, uh, I don't, I don't, okay. I don't know about drastically, um, but I, well, when when I say drastically, is in like less, you know, from the point of view of they were in and around pole in Monaco. Do you think? Do you think they're going to be there? This time around, or do you think it's going to be? No, not not a chance. Okay. Uh, I know they're good on street circuits, but this is this isn't a street circuit like Monaco. This is where straights mm. genuinely matter. Um, and you know, it, it's 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 probably oh, I depending on where you say that straight starts. I think that's the longest straight on the calendar because I know some people would say it starts after that really tricky. I wouldn't even. I don't know if you call it a chicane. Uh, it's a left to right. It's kind of like a sweeping yeah, sweep chicane, chicane, isn't it? Some people would say it starts just at the exit of that, but in my opinion, it starts two turns you get, you before that. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that is where you go on the accelerator and you're like, let's bomb it. And you've got, you know what I mean? It's, it's a sequence of about four relatively intricate, but full speed sweeping turns. And if you've got the minerals to do them, you're going to be really quick. Um, so I think it could come down to yeah. that for the drivers. But for Ferrari in large, it, this circuit it's just got too many straights in a sense. This is going to be a power unit circuit. It's probably going to be favoring towards the Red Bull and Mercedes being at the top. And I wouldn't be surprised if again, 
Lando Norris is in amongst it, is in amongst it uh, at the top as well because they got the Mercedes power unit. But yeah, I don't see Ferrari. I mean, especially when we've spoken about the sort of duel between Ferrari and McLaren, uh, sort of to be that third best team. I I think this is going to be one where McLaren really show their stripes again. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I was saying about uh, Ferrari, in my head, I kind of had signs just because of mm. you know he's he's been doing uh, look Leclerc has done particularly well, but everyone expected Leclerc to do well because he's a brilliant driver. Whereas I guess signs was a bit more of an unknown, wasn't yeah. it? Um, but, you know, of all of the drivers who have kind of um, switched teams or in like Fernando Alonso's case rejoined the sport, as in. Signs has by far been the quickest out of all of them, um, you know. And equally, you know, you've got Danny Rick on the other end who has struggled, but as in, he's you know he's won at Baku before. Um, is this a chance for him to kind of kickstart his McLaren career? I guess oh, yeah. you know, a, a good performance. Like he he needs to kickstart it. I don't know. If, I don't know when that opportunity will come. Whether it's this one or not, yeah, but, but he, yeah, something he, has basically to happen. Basically, he needs a podium. Yeah, I think. He needs. He needs yeah, a podium. He needs a big performance. Yeah. Big performance. Yeah, definitely. So I, I'm really looking forward to Baku. To be honest, I think there's a lot of. Uh, it's a good circuit. There's a lot of different variables. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And after a particularly, I'm just gonna say, after a particularly boring race in Monaco, we we could do with something that has variables. Yeah. Uh, Rather than, like I said, a 70-odd lap per second. And I can't wait to see the drama at that first turn. That first turn is going to be amazing. <laughs> just it, it's, it's, it, it's probably one of the best turns on the Formula 1 calendar, and just in terms of drama. You don't, you know, you've got what's close to a three-mile straight, it feels like, uh, in the run-up to yeah. it, and it's like, right, who's got the minerals to break later? Because if you break too late, you're going into that wall, which is absolutely punishing straight after. Or into the runoff, yeah. isn't it? Like, straight it's on. It's like, you, you've just got to go with it. Um, you know what I mean? Who's got who's got the stones to do it? And that's what the race is going to come down to. I'd love to see Verstappen start second and push, mm. just cream Hamilton into that first turn and go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah not yeah. backing out sunshine. <laughs> That'd just be so fun. Yeah, yeah. So fun. Um... Right, in terms of our predictions then, now, we I actually forgot to put these in the notes. Um, so perhaps we'll have to work out the points next time around from what happened in Monaco. True, true. Um, but in terms of what we think is going to happen in Azerbaijan, um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on a winner? A winner? It's going to be Verstappen. I've gone with him for most of the season, is I it? think. After that <laughs> last race, I think he's... It's going to show it even more. I, I just, mm. as much as Mercedes uh, are a phenomenal qualifying team and all round usually brilliant at strategies, uh, I do get the vibe that after after Monaco they're going to be a wounded wounded animal. I mean, sometimes the wounded animal, yes. you know, you think of the honey badger, it comes out and it it's going to try and kill you. Um, but I don't think Mercedes they they're, they're sort of a lion. And when they're a wounded animal, I think they're going to take a week or, or a race or two to recuperate before it. But who knows? Mm. Maybe they are a honey badger in disguise. Uh, maybe it will be them. But yeah, I think it's going to be uh, Verstappen, I do, for the race. What about you? 
Um, I'm thinking Bottas oh. just purely because I'm willing him to get a bit of good luck. Well, <laughs> you see, he's he's got a sort of curse on him that if he does start to have a good race, uh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, 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 so are we thinking he needs to qualify like tenth? Yeah, well, not qualify. No, he can't even. He can't, He's not allowed to venture beyond third because that's when the issues happen. So it's it's an impossibility that he's going to win anything. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so, who are you thinking for pole? Oh. That's a tough one. Um, Sorry, I'm typing. If you can hear typing in the background, I'm typing these in as, <laughs> as we speak because I forgot to do it before. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say for um, sorry pole position. Oh, I mean it's got to be Verstappen. It's got to be Verstappen. They they, I just I yeah I'm right or die of Verstappen for most of the season. I think it's going to be him. What are you? Oh, I should I should have just copied and pasted. Yeah, it, really, it, it doesn't change very often. Um, I, I'm going to back Lewis Hamilton for pole. It's oh. interesting. What can I say? For overtakes. This is always the hard I, one. I'm going uh, with the veteran Fernando Alonso. Ooh. To, to be fair, Alpine didn't have a great Monaco, but I, I, I you know, Monaco is not the same as any other circuit, so I, I, think, I no. think they'll be back to their, close to their best. I'll be honest, yeah. Azerbaijan, I think Leclerc made a big boo-boo or whatever uh here before when he went into the wall at the castle so yeah. I, I got a feeling he's gonna have a cracking race this time i think he's gonna have the most overtakes okay um clue i'm um, sorry who did you say for paul you said verstappen, yeah, I said verstappen copy paste each time so you think verstappen's gonna get a clean sweep basically yeah. it's gonna be him again okay well there we are we'll work out the points next time around because like i said i didn't prepare the notes for this section um <laughs> But for context, going into Monaco, I was winning. Yeah, I think. I, yeah right? you probably are going to be winning after it because I don't think... Uh... Uh, I don't think so because I put winner Hamilton, I put Le... Paul Hamilton, oh. <laughs> and then I put... Oh, so and I got Perez for the overtakes. Zero. Get in there. Exactly, yeah. So I think you, you are very I'm much going to be like just sneak this. romping away with it after Monaco. So we'll work out the, uh, the points for the next podcast. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, there we are. I think that's it. That isn't is the end it? of our podcast. Pleasure. Um, as always, everyone, if you're listening on YouTube, why not subscribe? Um, give us a like. Perhaps leave a comment on your thoughts of what we've said. Um, if you're on Spotify, why not give us a follow? We're also on uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, um, Anchor. Um, yeah, it sounds like all of them. Yeah, we're on. Well, yeah, we're on lots of different things. So. Uh, Jack, pleasure as always. Yep, yep. Um, and we shall be back next week with more sport ramblings. I think it'll be the Euros. Thank you all for listening. Oh, yes, we'll be talking the about the Euros. Make sure you're there for the Euros. Uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Mm-hmm.